Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Larkcast man, good to be back on here. I feel like I've taken like an insane, insane break, but uh man, good to hit that record button and jump back on. Russ, how you doing, homie? Doing good, man. Doing really good. And uh if you could for just like a quick minute, man, if you could just introduce yourself so everybody knows knows, <laughs> knows who you are. <laughs> my name is Anthony Richard Sorcy. <laughs> Um, yes, my middle name is Richard. Yes, my wife calls me Dick when I'm being a dick. Um, and she feels like she's kind of slick with that. Um, but uh mm. no, dude, no, dude, it's it's good to be uh good to be back on for sure. Yeah, dude. Glad you're back, man. Glad you got to take a little quick hiatus. It's not like you were gone long. I was just having a little yeah. fun there. But sure. uh yeah, man, the Lark Cats on the Lark Cast. Um, coming at you live coming at you live i know as we're in full-blown christmas season right now and um you know like every christmas like obviously you're just like inundated with all kinds of like christmas content and like sales and like all that um but by way of just a little bit of a show intro here um and i know i know you know this but we haven't talked about it some of my favorite christmas stuff out right now is what the stuff indian givers doing on instagram He's the dude that like photoshops tattoos over like old pop icons. So he has mm. like an he has like an Audrey Hepburn and she's yeah. like just tatted from like neck to like to toes, you know. Yeah. Um but but did you see did you see his Clark Griswold? I haven't. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No, dude. And his cousin Eddie. Are you freaking kidding me? Dude, I I I can guarantee you I sent this to you cuz I know how much um national lampoons um christmas vacation means to you and how much we've talked about it in past episodes because we have like in in christmas past episodes we've talked about like what are our favorite christmas movies like all that um we've debated some of those things oh i'm not finding it i mean i'm on the page but i'm not seeing him so anyways this indian giver dude all he does is just like photoshop like tattoos Mm -hmm. And he's got he's got Clark Griswold looking like a freaking SoundCloud rapper, dude. He's got looking <laughs> like a SoundCloud mumble rapper. And then for cousin Eddie, he did the whole like the blackout thing because that's now like really popular. Like guys yeah. my age that got you know tattooed a while back, and a lot of the new school color stuff, it's all faded out. Guys are just either straight up blasting over that stuff, or they're doing like the straight like black arm, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, saw um, one of those yesterday. Yeah, so it's he pretty, did cousin, pretty trippy. He did cousin Eddie in that that style, but um, Indian Giver, check it out. We had a little bit of a hard time finding it, um, but if you poke around reels and and some of his stuff, it's got to be uh, out there. You'll you'll definitely definitely find it. Maybe we can link it in show notes or whatever. But it's definitely worth a worth a look. It is interesting to to imagine like what some of those old pop icons you know would have been like if they 
you know, if they ran through their youth in, you know, film and culture like today, and it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea. Um, so it's a little it's, different, it's right? It's great. And the Johnny Cash stuff is is just, it's the best. Yeah. It makes me think about, I heard uh, Post Malone's coming out with a country album. Oh, yeah. You knew that was coming. Yeah. And to his credit, man, like I, some people have sent me some of his videos of him singing and I'm like, dang. Um, I mean, this, this dude is legitimately talented. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it just made me laugh. Like if you, you don't see, right. Like a country artist come out with an album whose face is tattooed, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And now you're going to see that because you've got this dude who grew up, right. You know, he's, he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's come up through you know a culture, right. And now is starting to explore acting and country music and i mean the guy's from texas right right so anyhow kind of just points to your yeah what would clark griswold look like when he filmed this movie in his 40s you know (laughs) if he had spent his early 20s in hollywood in 2022 post malone's trajectory is kind of very similar to kid rock like started out more like in the hip-hop and then you know um Kid Rock was kind of like a mix between, he was kind of like a rock rap, you know, back when like Lip Biscuit and like POD and like all that. Um, But him moving into country kind of reminds me a lot of, of Kid Rock. What I love about Post Malone is he's straight up like a 2A dude and he open carries. So you'll see him in like reels and the homie's just got his Glock 19, like on the side. Like (laughs) you kids, like it's right there. It's like, okay. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah, man. Because that is, I mean, it's obviously is a bit of a controversial thing. He's like, here's who I am, dude. Yeah. And I think that is just being clear here. That is the heart of Lark in a lot of ways. Because I think, you know, whenever we share opinions like that, people are like, what? You know, this is such a heated topic. And you guys are about Jesus. You can't, you know, land on. And I'm like, stop, man. We're just like in a day where everybody's telling everybody what they're allowed to think, feel, say, and do. It's cool to watch somebody just go, no, this is who I am. Yeah. Done. Yep. The world's filled with all kinds of people who think and believe all sorts of things. <laughs> and uh God has shown his love to all of us indiscriminately in his son. So there's Amen room for that. there's room for all of it. Except if you're like the combination of like a Packers fan and an ex-evangelical. That's like the worst combination. Mm. Yeah, for you, time. that would be that'd be like yeah. kryptonite, man, for you know, like Chicago ex-ven- fan the ex-evangelicals like all they want to do is just like keep letting the world know all the reasons why you know they don't go to church and are deconstructing and it's just not like it it'll it's it's nauseating right it's like oh my gosh just shut the there there would be a good place to put a beep in right there just shut the hell up and then you're a packers fan on top of it i just that's a that's a hard one to swallow but god even loves that person and i'm I I try to press into that love and try, try to tap into that. I was about to say, I, I feel like there's a moment of like confession that was about to happen. Here. Like, it totally is. God loves I, this person. And I don't, I think don't, this, but... I, think this, I think this, how we still, I don't know if he listens to the large cast. Still, I don't, I don't think he does. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're an ex evangelical, like constantly on, 
your social media, letting the world know all the ills and brokenness of, of the church, not remembering that every person and every community is as hypocritical as the church. And there's a lot of new churches forming around all sorts of beliefs, socially, culturally, and we're all just full of shit. All of us, we're (laughs) all just full of shit. If you can't embrace that, then, and you just love Aaron Rodgers, like it's, I'm going to definitely need to borrow love from the Trinity to be your friend. Just so you know. (laughs) Well, folks. Tony is back on the Lark cast, wanting to wish you a very Merry Christmas this <laughs> holiday season. Yeah, during that whole rant, I found myself about eight or nine times wanting to go, stop, stop, hush. <laughs> You're gonna have to... But then I'm like, nah, I think that's the beauty of this, of this whole, of this whole journey, man. It that's is. where you are today. That's where I'm are... at today. You're you're having a hard time with all that's being thrown at you from the Packer fan, evangelical. Yes, and I'm um, you know fresh off a really bad bad loss where uh, my boy Fields, who's been doing pretty good, his coaches are forcing him to pass more, which is an area of his game he needs to improve on. And you know it's just hard watching Aaron Rodgers waltz into Soldier Field again and getting another W. So I'll admit it, dude. I'm salty. My heart is hurt. I'm jaded. Mm. Um. And, uh, you know, I didn't do my quiet time this morning, so it's probably why I'm, you know, just yeah. not really bearing a lot of a lot of fruit right now. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, if you'd up that game. If you'd up that game, dude. If I would have just read my two, if I would have just read my two chapters and, um, you know, recited my prayers from the from the common book of prayer, mm-hmm. I probably would be bearing a lot more fruit today, but we're we're digressing we're we're here we're here because man we're going through the gospel of john and if you've been tracking with this conversation we are in chapter 12 um today and um yeah i'm just going to dive into the scriptures and we can just bat it around what do you think about that let's do it let's do it man i'm going to focus in on we got some real gold nuggets here in front of us dude in chapter 12 yeah, I'm, I'm going to press in. about today and even the next episode. Yes, for sure. Here we go. Um, So I'll go ahead and read all the way to the uh, plot to kill Lazarus. The plot to kill Jesus? No. Lazarus has also been added to the list. Mm. So drama, intrigue, murder, the scriptures, everyone. Okay, 12-1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So check this out. So he's back in town with the dude he rose with his sisters, Martha and Mary. So verse two, they gave a dinner for him there, which of course, when Jesus is in town, we eat, right? Yeah, man. So they gave a dinner for him there. Big shocker. Martha served and Lazarus was the one was one of those reclining with Jesus at table. Now there's a there's a Mary thing here, I don't want to necessarily get into, but I think this is actually pretty hilarious, because when you first get introduced to Martha and Mary in Luke chapter ten, you'll know that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was, as John says here in twelve, was serving. She was doing all the work. And Martha gets red hot pissed and goes up to Jesus and like, man, aren't you going to say anything? Like, 
are you going to say anything to Mary, like rebuke her? And Jesus in kind of a shocking moment for Martha was like, actually Martha, like Mary's choosing better to sit here and to rest and to listen and to be at my feet. But I feel like Jesus only said that to her. Like he told her, like, you're full of anxiety. You're full of worry. You're always rushing about like doing a variety of different things. And I was like, looking back at that, considering this relationship he has with these siblings, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And it's like, Jesus didn't just straight up, like call her out. He only offered that to her after she called Mary out. So Martha started it. You know what I'm saying? I just thought Mm. that that was kind of cool. Like, Here's Jesus like, yeah, he notices that she's full of anxiety, but like he doesn't pull her aside. Like, hey, man, I noticed this about you. He only shared it after she was complaining about Mary. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But it's like, here we are. The start of their relationship is actually kind of like how you meet the characters. So Martha is serving. She's doing everything. And Lazarus, I mean, yeah, he's raised from the dead, but he's lying around after this meal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he's dead at the table not he's got a food his- coma. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so the like the i don't even know if you call it irony or whatever but it's like <laughs> this dude literally got raised from the dead but he's sitting there as though he's dead i'm, I'm gonna say it's I, I love it i yeah. love it it's i love so the normalcy great. in it it's so easy to pass over it yeah. You know, like there's just something really beautiful about the normalcy of these people and they're, they're not changed, <laughs> you know, just a quick, for instance, tell me one word in the scriptures, find me one place in the scriptures where Lazarus, right. Or in John where Lazarus speaks, it's not yeah. there. It's not there. And yet this guy's talked about more than any other dude outside of the disciples. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's talked about more than most of the disciples, if you want to get, you know, like clear about it, but yet never utters a word that's written down. There's a couple, (laughs) there's a couple of rabbit hole here, rabbit holes here. One is what, like, where's, where's the emphasis on the sanctification of these characters? Like these are kind of where I'm getting to. These are close friends of Jesus. Like Martha should be bearing fruit and stopping all her anxiety and serving and worry but it's like no like this is martha like this is literally just like how she's wired and um like where's the cardboard testimony little moment of lazarus where he's like takes his second you know chance at life and now he's like started a nonprofit and is like getting rid of like hunger you know in the in the in first century jerusalem you know like it's just not happening and he literally the next glimpse you get him he's just fat and sassy at a table yeah he's sleeping at the table ate too much laying around just as dead as he was before dude i love this (laughs) It's yeah, and so Martha, great. which I mean, Jesus doesn't endorse, right? This this natural, anxious, you know, what I mean, unbelief that's definitely a play in her life. He even speaks well, to her about not. it. Yeah. But yet he still, even in the midst of her struggle and unbelief, still fully embraces, loves, right? Yeah. Is with. I mean, this is there's a lot of homes to be at, bro. There's a lot of homes for him to be at. Yeah. And yet here he is still with the same old group of like ragtag friends. Who are just as normal today as they were before. Yeah. 
there's yeah. something man in that i mean i know we could keep going i don't want to but no it's just one it, of those like in the future there's probably going to be some research on that because there's a man there's a yeah. nugget in there like a malcolm gladwell writing about ketchup you know it's like there's something in the simple normalcy here that is that's mind-bending yeah 100 percent. so uh carrying on really the big moment of the first part of of 12 is we transition to mary so martha serving lazarus is reclining with jesus and it says in verse three mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of jesus and wiped her feet with his hair with her hair rather um, the house was filled with fragrance of the perfume, but Judas, one of the disciples who was about to betray Jesus said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now, John calls him out. Like John's like, this is why he yeah. says this Verse six. He said this not because he actually cared for the poor, but because he was a thief having charge in the money bag. He, and he used to help himself to what was put in it. John's like. John's pulling no punches. <laughs> like, hey, let me tell you guys. Actually, okay, what's going on here? This Judas guy, yeah, uh, the the one who betrayed him. Yeah, he said this not because he actually cared for the poor, because he used to right. like dip his hand in, like Marv and the and the sticky bandits in Home Alone too. You know, like the best Home Alone. They went from the wet bandits to the sticky bandits, and so yeah. Judas is kind of like Marv. You know, tape wrapped around his hand, sticking it in. You know the little what's it the santa claus you know yeah salvation army bucket yeah right? the salvation army bucket absolutely so he calls him out and um jesus said in light of this in light of his comment like why wasn't this sold jesus says leave her alone so that she may keep it uh for the day of my burial for the poor you always have with you but you do not always have me mm. So this is a pretty, pretty yep. astonishing moment um, here where Mary takes, um, and if you study this, um, what is it? 300 denarii? It's basically years, years worth of wages, man, spent. Yeah. Just imagine take that you, yeah, yeah, whatever you make annually, imagine putting all that into some sort of perfume. And in a moment of, of love, gratitude, some would even call it worship, you dump this onto Jesus' feet and then start to wipe it with your hair in front of everybody, not caring, like as a, almost as if no one else is around. Yeah. And she has this moment. And then, so you think of Mary, who a lot of people think is, we were talking pre-show and you brought this up to be reminded me of this who a lot of people think is like the woman of the night in John eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a number of theologians that tracking Mary believe that this was the woman of the night. This mm -hmm. was a woman who, I mean, it's one thing to hang out with a ragtag, right. In your community. It's, it's another thing when it's like, no, this is a, a close friend of mine that I truly love and care for. By the way, she's a prostitute mm -hmm. and she's just taken a year's worth of earnings, put it in a bottle and then in a moment of like seconds, poured it all out. Mm -hmm. It's gone, bro. Yeah. And for Mary, you know, it just a, a moment, like you're literally eating a meal and this scene just happened. You just raised, like he just raised her brother to life. 
And I don't know on top of that, let's say she is the woman of the Mm -hmm. night and which I'm not saying she is, or she isn't, let's say she is Jesus steps in her place to fend off all these Pharisees and scribes and religious zealots who want to stone her to death. And Jesus fends them all off and offers her, right? The good news of no condemnation. Right. Um, and her heart is just swelling up with gratitude. And so it's really a heart swelling moment of worship. And I just think there's such contrast here. I'll just go ahead and, and say this. I think there's such contrast here between Lazarus's voice of should like this, oil, this oil should have been sold. This is what we should have done with this. Right. And he's the voice of like, what makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, putting two and two together, um, equals four. This is, this is the good and wise and prudent thing to do. Um, versus Mary's behavior here is sort of gratuitous. And that's yeah, really the word. only word. It's really the only word I can think of because it's so it's kind of uncalled for it's over the top, sort of like how, like, um, <clears throat> what's his face? Um, Tarantino gets charged with gratuitous violence, like in his films, like it's just over the top. Um, it's uncalled for. It lacks good reason. There's no, there's no sense, you know, to it. It's too much. Her behavior literally is gratuitous. And I actually looked up the word gratuitous and a secondary meaning is something done for free. So imagine doing something, expecting no payment back from it. Again, it's like you didn't charge for this, but now you're doing this really cool thing, which kind of makes me think of Lark. Mm. Something done out of uninhibited freedom. So Mary's literally on a Lark right now, bro. And not caring who's around, she is having a moment of gratitude and thankfulness with Jesus out of a heart that is just absolutely free. And then here's Judas, the voice of the should. This is what we should do. This is what we ought to do. We talk about this a lot at the Larkast that the, you know, the, the modern day church, the modern day voice of um, modern day biblical voice, you'll hear it a lot, you know, in sermons, you'll hear it a lot in small groups. You hear it a lot in quotes, quote unquote, called discipleship or spiritual conversation. It's always what we ought to be doing, what we should be doing. Why was this oil not sold? It should have, it should have been used for this. And I just thought to myself, and I've had, I've had this thought for a while. If you live your life on, if you live your life on the should, the law, this is what we ought to be doing. A life lived under the banner of should will never cause you to gratuitously use your resources or spend your life. It will always force you to do the bare minimum to meet the requirement of that should. And there is such contrast between someone who is just overwhelmed with the grace and love of Jesus and a life of faith coming out of her heart here in this moment. And this voice of the law right here in Judas. Hmm. It's a great point, man. Great point. I feel like I could uh, see moments in my life where I could point to and say the joy that I long for, the the rest, the adventure. Okay, 
you could say, that I feel like is found in a life of faith within the Trinity, right? When you can, when you get back to the dance, right, that we were created for, all those moments came out of times of uninhibited freedom, mm. times where I really just went all in and took Jesus at his word. Let it be as reckless and scandalous as it is. Mm. And just found myself able to step into things and into places and into people's stories and even into moments of reflection in my own story where the guards down, right? And what's real and raw about whatever that whatever's in front of you, whether it's in you or in front of you, right, is on display. And yet you just find yourself sort of, I don't know, just dancing in the moment, man. Not really caring about what happened before or what's going to happen five minutes from now. Yeah. But just being caught up in the mystery of the one who's that, that you're in right yeah. right here and now. Yeah. None of that ever, 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 ever has happened to me in my 20, I don't know, six years now, right. Of being a, a believer in Jesus. None of that has ever happened in all of my running down the shoulds ever. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I would say most of my story would be the thinking about what should be and really working hard, right. To do yep. it, to achieve it. But it never, never happened. Mm -hmm. It was only in the letting go mm -hmm. and just being dependent upon someone else and then being caught up in some moment of that. Yeah. That I felt like I got to experience. I feel like what Mary was experiencing in this moment. And two, like um, when you think about worship and just FYI, if you haven't uh, signed up for a free account on larksite.com and got that new worship piece, go ahead and do that because it's freaking dope. Yeah, um, it's, a good, but, it's a good piece. But speaking of worship, I feel like all these, like week in and week out, we would come on Sundays and the worship leader and the pastor are like, and I've done this. I've literally done this. We're trying to hype everybody up. And at times really shame them for not singing loudly or more passionately or like whatever and saying, well, man, God loved us first. So we should love him. And the, the immediate fruit of that I need you to do right now is like really sing these songs with like all you got and raise your hands and have this moment. <laughs> right. And it's like, dude, like every week, 52 weeks out of the year, we waltz people in here and expect them to have a moment that Mary's having right now. But what's yeah. crazy is all we have in the scriptures is just one moment like this from Mary, just one. And so yeah. it just reminded me, like, we're always trying to force, you know what I'm saying? Like these moments, instead of literally just trusting that I'm in the Trinity and the Trinity's in me, I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me. And my story is, uh, you know, uh, it's a wild one. It's busy. I got work going on, kids, family, right? I'm all this stuff happening in my life. And, you know, dude, there's going to be a breakthrough of gratitude and thankfulness. You're just not going to be able to muster it up like on a whim. You know what I'm saying? Like every week, like, like at nine 30 on a Sunday at this building over here. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's called like being surprised by joy. Yeah. Right. Being surprised by a fruit in your life that you reflect on and go, wow, that was something really cool that happened. I'll go out on a limb here. For those of you who know me, um, on a, on a personal level, 
I can find myself getting to a, a place of like raw honesty and conversations and gratitude and, you know, different things, but it's not the norm for me. Right. I love to connect. I love to talk about the scriptures. I love to laugh. I love to share with people. I love to hear their stories. I love to help them see what Jesus has done in and through their stories that they might not see, but getting there openly from my own story is not always easy. You know, you could chalk it up to maybe how I was raised or I don't know, some DNA thing or your Enneagram number. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I'm just, there's so many, right? like everything out there under the sun now can tell you, you know, why this is. Here's my point. My grandmother was like, I was very, very close to her growing up. Um, and she was like a really cool voice of faith, you know, in my life as a kid. Right. I didn't believe I didn't go to church. But um, but there was this ongoing like story, you know what I mean, that she would that she would point to. Long, you know, fast forward years later, um, I'm probably close to 40 when she passed away. She was almost 90. And I remember driving down the road, dude, with my wife, and Eli's in the back seat. He's a it's just a baby. And this old song from Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan comes on. And uh it's a song you'd never really hear on the radio. I think it's called like the lady from the North country. I have to go back and look at the title of it, but there's a line in the song when Bob Dylan is singing and he's talking about when you go back to this town and you find her, um, do me a favor and see to it that she's has a coat to keep her warm hmm. from these harsh winters in the North country. Like, that's like their concern, dude. And and for whatever reason, man, there's this like moment in my life where I'm driving down the road, okay? And I literally start crying, dude, while I'm driving, to which ways my wife, like knowing me and being married to me for 24 years, is like, what's going on right now? This is not the norm at all. But I got tears, dude, running down my face in this unexpected moment of this, you know what I mean? This song, dude. And it has really nothing to do with your grandma or anything else. It's just this person's compassionate desire and thought of this person that they're missing. And do me a favor and see to it that she has a coat. And dude, that is so reflective of like just my grandma and her story. And like she would be that person, right? When we would all be talking about something that would think, do they have a coat? I don't have much money, but I like to give some money to make sure they have a coat so that they're warm. Hmm. And dude, this like, like you just even think about right now, like this gratitude, you know what I'm saying? Like comes over you. Mm -hmm. And there's like this experience where I'm like, man, God, thank you so much for the story that you told through this lady and, and so much that I got to learn about you from her. Hmm. But it wasn't planned. Yeah. Didn't happen in the funeral. Or manufactured. Yeah, it didn't happen through some long speech from someone. Mm -hmm. It wasn't brought about through pro presenter and the right chord from the worship leader. Right, <laughs> some rah right. rah from a dude on the stage. Yes. It happened, dude. I was just driving down the freaking road picking up some breakfast. Yep. And I'll never forget that moment. And I think there's this beauty that comes from grabbing on to a life of faith in Jesus that leads to a freedom to the mm -hmm. lark, right? Mm -hmm. To this life of uninhibited freedom that welcomes these moments. It doesn't should them. Mm -hmm. In fact, it 
It's actually surprised by them. And dude, there is, there's a beauty in that, that I think we miss out on. Yeah. And our BS uh, idea of Christianity. <laughs> just a, just a reminder. Um, I'm just going to bring up the scriptures here. God does not dwell in places made of human hands. And I don't know who needs to hear that. Um, mm. but it's in your freaking truck when you're driving down the road, it's in the quiet moments. Like God, like God is for you. He is with you and he is in you. Yeah. And you can commune with him in and through the person of Jesus, wherever the hell you are. Um, and he loves us. And so if you, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially now, like Christmas is coming around and it's like, everyone's getting invited to freaking Christmas Eve services and all that. And you might have disillusion about the church and haven't been there forever. And there's probably some voice inside of you that's saying like, dude, you're a heretic, you're effing up your faith, you're effing up your family and all that kind of stuff. I'm just Mm -hmm. here to let you know, like, none of that is true. That's just the voice of the shoulds. It's just the voice of the law. God is for you. He is with you. He is in you. (laughs) And and there is so much to celebrate in this life um, and in the person of, of Jesus. Yeah. He's present while one lady is anxiously running around and another dude is reclined at a table with a food coma. (laughs) He's going to need to get resurrected again. And a legalist is at the table pissed because of the resources that were spent yeah <laughs> while someone else just dumps out their entire year's wages in a moment of worship that really doesn't make any sense and isn't really isn't tasteful at all it's gratuitous but yet, but yet he's there mm-hmm. and so good think, man that's that's the point man that's the point yeah. all right we need we need to kill this we need to kill it it needs that this podcast needs to die Russ. needs that yeah. Yeah. To that, I would say, till next time. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.